Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Tara Wilson, CEO of the Tara Wilson Agency, Entrepreneur of the Year 2018 for Auburn University's Harvard School of Business, is joining us today on the Leadership is Female podcast. I have to tell you how I met Tara. It was through a connection on LinkedIn. He saw that I had started a podcast called Leadership is Female and sent me a DM to introduce me to Tara. He had worked with Tara years ago and remembered what a powerhouse she was and that one of her pillars was supporting and elevating women. He thought the title of this podcast was Tara to a T and made the introduction. When I first spoke with Tara, she said she'd worked with this man more than 15 years ago and was honored how he'd remembered her. I know today you'll see that's who Tara is, memorable, leaderful, and laser focused on elevating and supporting women. The Tara Wilson Agency, which Tara founded and runs today, has a Fortune 500 client list that includes Nike, Lou and & Greg, and Samsung, and leads experiential marketing for these brands and more that want to connect with the female consumer. Tara has identified her niche. She leads an agency who, quote, gets women. Today, we discuss so much goodness, and Tara lays down a lot of advice for all of you, and I'll even reveal some of my vulnerabilities in this conversation. Spoiler alert, I think women can be intimidating. I know you weren't expecting that from me, um, but I do. And I will talk about ways to break that barrier and how I have overcome it. Tara discusses ego, the pandemic, her podcast called The Fierce Lab, and how she hopes to help women succeed in four key areas, mental health, finance, career growth, and risk-taking. Here's the secret. You don't have to have it all figured out right away. One step at a time, focusing on those four key areas, you will climb the ladder, and that's what she's here for. That's what I am here for, to let you know that we are all doing our best to move forward in this life and achieve great things. This conversation is an example of women being there for each other, there for you. So listen in, grab a pen, and join us on the ride to be the best that we can be. Tara Wilson, CEO of the Tara Wilson Agency, Entrepreneur of the Year 2018 for the Auburn University's Harvard School of Business is joining us today. Your agency has Fortune 500 clients on the list are Nike, Lou and & Gray, and Samsung. You've been recognized by the Inc. 5000 list. Why? Why all of this? Because you are women-led and women-savvy, and you understand the female consumer and know that you are in an agency who gets women. Tara, you're a phenomenal leader, so welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast. 
Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm so glad to be here. We are pumped. So if you could start off by telling us who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Sure. So as you said, I'm Tara Wilson, and I am the CEO of the Tara Wilson Agency. Um, we are an agency that creates experiences for Fortune 500 brands. We're often known as an experiential marketing agency, which um, some of your listeners probably know that my industry got pretty hit pretty hard during COVID this last year. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that and how we've pivoted. But beyond the fact of what we do, what's um, I think more interesting is who we do this for. Um, so we are an agency that works with big brands uh, to help them get after the female demographic. We understand and get women, and as you said, being a, a woman-led agency, as well as primarily our entire team is female, um, we really understand what women want and how to speak to them and how to, to deliver what they need from the perspective of a marketing campaign. I love that. And I can't wait to dig in more. So can you tell us when running an agency, when managing staff, when managing a lot of clients, what is your day-to-day project-to-project schedule and how do you manage it? How do you manage new business plus crushing it with your current clients? Yeah. Well, uh, first and foremost, I have an amazing team, so I don't do it alone. And I would say as an entrepreneur, that's been one of the lessons that I've had to learn over the years is that if you're going to succeed, you have to do it with a team. Um, trying to manage it all by yourself just isn't going to work. So I'm a Capricorn. Um, I'm very headstrong and driven um, and asking for help is not something I do well. It doesn't come naturally to me, but also being an entrepreneur, I recognize that I do need a team. So um, how we balance going out and getting new business and managing the clients that we have is definitely a team effort. Um, you know, I used to have on my LinkedIn bio that, uh, you know, inside the walls of my agency, the team called me the rainmaker um, because I handle sales and sales development. Um, and then I have team members that are much better at customer facing client management and team members that are much better at internal team management. And I've learned that you have to step out of the way and let others lead um, and I know your podcast is all about leadership. Um, and in that area, I'm certainly always trying to grow and develop and have a lot more areas to improve there. But um, having a team certainly allows us to do a lot more than just myself. Yeah. And what you said there about if you're going to succeed, you must have a team and knowing the roles of those teammates and stepping out of the way and letting them do their thing is a common thread, not only among Capricorns, but among female leaders. Mm -hmm. It's hard to let go, um, but once they've learned what I really would consider a skill set to be able to let go and trust, you find the success. 
So can you tell us a little bit about what that process was like for you? Like letting go just, just a little bit of the reins, a little bit at a time to, to let your team succeed. Yeah. And I, that's still a process for me. You know, I like to talk about if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Um, and I think it also goes back to if you're trying to manage it all, uh, then to your point, you're not going to succeed. I, I do think to, to what you said, it is about trust. It is about hiring people that have the same values that you do, as well as can embrace the vision that you have for your business. And then trusting that their skill sets are such that they can get the job done. Several summers ago, I was working on a, a really large, very challenging project for a client that, you know, at the outset, when we took it on, I didn't realize how big of a beast it was going to be. And then we started taking on other projects for other clients. And I quickly realized that my role, I just couldn't handle it all. And out of necessity, I truly had to turn to one of my team members and turn a complete project over to her and let her run with it. And all I could simply do, the, all I had the bandwidth for was to check in with her once a week and just cross my fingers it was going well. Well, it turns out she's a phenomenal leader. She's fantastic at running client experiences and she soared and the client was thrilled. And what that allowed me was the opportunity to see her thrive and shine and that I was holding her back. I wasn't allowing that because I was trying to stay too connected to the client and to the projects that client was doing. And it was a really aha moment for me because I'm like, okay, I can, I can take a step back. And if I let myself be removed, my team will soar. And uh, that was, a, that was a big learning experience for me. What beautiful insight. And that's where we find the progress is one success at a time. So that is, that's awesome to hear and, and wonderful for that employee of yours that she got her chance. I love it. Mm -hmm. And at the Tara Wilson agency, your business is passionate about creating the experiences that build brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what are some of the best events that you've created? Give us a few examples. Yeah, so um, I really was thinking about this question in advance. And now remember, I told you at, at the top of this, I'm the one that handles the sales and development. So as an entrepreneur, I typically tell people, well, my favorite event is the last one that I took to the bank. I jokingly say I like long romantic walks to the bank. Um, I, I don't think I'd be an entrepreneur if I, I wasn't always thinking about um, driving success financially for our business. Um, but I do love working with our clients that allow us the ability to be their partner. Um, some of our best client experiences are when we get an opportunity to sit in from the beginning and collaborate. So everything from thinking through the strategy of the experience all the way down to the creative elements that make those wow moments that a consumer really latches onto and spends a long time after the experience talking about and feeling something about. Um, those are the types of experiences that 
that move me. I mean, we've certainly had the pleasure of doing amazing experiences uh, for brand launches for Nike. Um, Samsung, we've been partnering with for a number of years and have um, done multiple launches of their new devices and really just the ability to be innovative with them um, gets not only myself, but our entire team excited. So I think it's for us always about getting to move forward, but really being valued as a partner with brands and not just someone that they hire to deliver an end result. Yeah. And that's fantastic. That's the dream relationship. And it's incredible. You've been able to have that long-term with so many of your clients. And so how do you unlock for these brands, the connection to women mm -hmm. research, I'm sure goes into it, but, um, but how do you make sure that your experiential event is going to land with, with that female customer? Yeah. Well, you're right. It does start with the research. It does start with knowing that customer, that consumer and what she wants and resonating with her. Um, sometimes there's consumer overlap between the brands that we do work on and other times there isn't. For me personally, I try and stay very connected to what's relevant culturally and know what's new and what's happening and all the different groups of women, what they're interested in that and I would say the groups of women that are attracted to the brands that we get to work with, but it really is about starting to learn about her and recognizing again that we're not always the expert on that particular woman. So how can we go find and partner and work with other either vendors or maybe thought leaders who are connected to the consumer. So it's, it's really important to us that we don't just say, oh yeah, because she's a woman, we get it. I'm a woman too. That, that, that's too generic, right? We really have to dive deep. And if we don't think we can reach her, if we don't think we're the right agency to reach that brand's consumer, we're really quick to say so. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants a successful experience that resonates, um, that creates a raving fan. And um, the last thing I'd want for us to do is put out a mediocre product for our clients. And you unlocked something pretty important right there, that there is success in saying no. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's challenging um, to say no to business, to say no to that long romantic walk to, to the bank. Um, but in order to do our best work, you have to manage your bandwidth and the things that you're the best at. Mm -hmm. So is there any skill set that you've developed around saying no, something that's pretty difficult um, that you can share with us to help us get better? Yeah, for me, it, it I've learned it over time and experience. Um, and it's about following my gut. I think women have incredible intuition and the women who have unlocked that intuition in themselves tend to be, I think, more successful. And inevitably when I hear my gut say, this isn't the right fit 
and I go against it, I pay a price every single time. I can remember um, a few years ago having a conversation uh, with a friend and, and telling her, I didn't listen to my gut on this and it came back to bite me. So for me, it, it's, it's instinctual. I wish that I could tell your listeners that I put together a really robust checklist that created this system that we filter everything through. But in, in the end, it's about listening to my intuition. And then also the team having a voice on, is this right? Are we on the right path? Should we step in and say we can do this? And, and us being aligned internally before we step out externally and say yes or no to a project. Yeah. And I have to agree with you. I think the answers lie within. You just have to give yourself the space to listen mm -hmm. and not being reactionary. So to, for you, stepping back, bringing it to your team, asking them the questions, letting them sit with it for a minute is going to help you guys find clarity in those answers. And so I think it's when we rush to judgment or rush, rush to a yes, um, that we can get really tied up or maybe in an upside down situation. So I think that's phenomenal advice to give yourself the permission to listen to your gut because it's pretty dang smart. Well, and there are a variety of ways that you can listen to your gut, right? You can take a private moment for yourself, whether it's a walk around the block or sitting in your office alone and just kind of contemplating the thought. Um, I also find that my gut speaks to me when my mind is relaxed and I'm perhaps not thinking about work in and of itself. But additionally, um, I'm a big fan of journaling and I like to journal first thing in the morning. That's when I'm the freshest. Um, I actually was joking with a friend. I have a conference call next week with someone um, in Tokyo and our call starts at 8 p.m. But I had the option to start the call much later. And I'm like, I don't think I can string words together at night. <laughs> That's not when I'm at my best. I'm, I'm definitely at my best in the mornings. And so I like to journal. And I find that if I just put pen to paper and let my thoughts flow, reserve judgment of myself, that I get to something. And I can often work through something on paper that I couldn't work through just thinking it on my own. So that's one of the ways that I stop and pause. That's great advice. And um, just so the listeners know, many, many, many successful women use this technique mm -hmm. to get the thoughts out of their head on the paper. And there's this connection from your brain sort of to the pen um, that can help you find that clarity. So I'm so happy that first you practice it and you breach it and you shared that with us today. And I want to go back um, a little bit to the event side of things and talk about the pandemic pivot mm. and what did events look like for you in 2020 um, virtually? How did you do it well? Um, and then potentially what is 2021 hold for us? What lessons have you learned about engaging an audience around a brand when her world was really turned upside down? Absolutely. So I'm going to be really honest and candid in this moment because it doesn't serve anyone for me to posture and, um, and tell you something that wasn't true. Um, the pandemic was very hard for anyone in the events industry. 
and in the agency world, it was very challenging. Um, in the beginning, we really saw our events dry up. Um, so, you know, taking your listeners back, they probably recall that like in mid-March, there was a Wednesday, I believe it was, where the NBA said, hey, we're going to suspend games. And once the NBA made that decision, so many others decided to follow suit and things started to cancel and shutter and suspend all at once. And over the course of five days, lots of programs that agencies had on the books completely went away. They were put on hold indefinitely. And um, when your entire agency is built around doing live events, as the agency owner, you have a lot of sleepless nights. Like, what is this going to look like? Um, I was fortunate. I have three really strong mentors and I reached out to each of them to ask for some advice and guidance. And uh, that helped me kind of endure those first several weeks of not knowing what was going to happen. happen. Um, but I did have to go through layoffs and I did it really early. And that was extremely challenging. Um, as a business owner myself, so much of my ego was tied up in the team, the number of employees, the work that we do, the clients that we do, the revenue that we bring in. So, you know, overnight, a lot of those things went away and you're kind of stripped bare and left to evaluate uh, am I still relevant? <laughs> um, is the work that we do still valuable? Fortunately, we had several clients that decided that they wanted to pivot from live events to virtual experiences. They still wanted to reach their consumers, um, but those decisions were being made rapidly, then slowly. And you know, as the agency, you're there to provide solutions, but you're also somewhat at their mercy as well. Um, and so I tell people that by June, I started to see us turn a corner and by September, I really knew we were, we were um, going to make it, if you will. We were gonna survive this. I could see that we could come through this and, and still be relevant. We did pivot to virtual experiences. Um, we learned a lot about how to uh, do virtual experiences. I mean, it's one thing to do something for a small 30 group, 30 people on a Zoom. It's completely different to welcome a thousand people to a five day conference that's four to six hours a day um, with a lot of content that you're delivering. So we had a lot of growth uh, with that experience and growth. Um, comes a lot of opportunities for success later on because we'll be able to build on that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that with us because you really, I mean, I, I think you resonated with a lot of us when you talk about the ego associated with the business that you do, the work that you do and, and the difficulty around that. And um, I commend you for coming out so successfully on the end and um, this was a testament of, of the strong survive. And um, I know that you're going to just continue to crush it in the future. So really excited for, for what that holds. 
Another thing that you do is the Fierce Lab podcast. So Mm -hmm. tell us about that, the mission, vision, and then the best lessons you've learned from your guests. Sure. Thank you for asking about Fierce Lab. So um, Fierce Lab is an agency initiative. It is powered by the Tara Wilson Agency. And it started as a live conference series that we developed and launched in 2019 in Dallas. And from from the live event experience, um, we have grown it into a podcast and now are taking it to many virtual experiences, which I'll share about. But let me back up and explain what Fierce Lab is. Fierce Lab is a place for women to come together and share experiences, tools, and resources around four key pillars. And those pillars are mental health and self-care, financial intelligence, career development, and risk-taking. We really believe that those are four kind of key areas that a woman could hone in and focus on. And if she unlocks opportunities in each one of those areas, she unlocks so much potential in herself. And Fierce Lab wants to be a place that makes it safe for women to come and experiment, try new things, ask the hard questions, so that they can step into their own. You know, fierce can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And Fierce Lab is about a place where you can discover what fierce means to you. So the podcast, (laughs) you were asking, um, is an extension uh, of that space. And I interview women like yourself, you have been on the podcast to talk about their life's journey and how it fits into one of those key pillars. Um, I know we spoke about you and your your career and how you've developed not only yourself, but your team. And um, I really believe that Fierce Lab has the ability to give women kind of aha moments that they can then take back into their own life. And it helps them build the roadmap to where they're going. Yeah. And I'm such a fan because we talk so much about community and, and communities of women where to find them, how to grow uh, with them, from them, extract those those key points. And there was a time not too long ago where um, competitiveness is, is a great quality in some regard, but I don't necessarily think it is just um, across the board with women. We've got to collectively help each other level up. And the Fierce Lab is absolutely another place where you can do that. And another great example of a woman extending a hand to help lead her forward. And if you guys haven't checked that out yet, please, please do. It's another resource um, that is just out there to help you grow, help you find community and, and the advice that you need to um, grow into the best um, person, best employee, best human, best leader possible. Well, and you bring up a great point, right? That, that you know, there are a lot of women that I admired and I wanna hear their stories and I wanna hear how they've done it and it can, can what they've done be applied to me so that I can level up. And I may never have an opportunity 
to meet face-to-face with some of the guests on your podcast. But if I can listen to them while I'm putting my makeup on in the morning and I can glean a little bit, um, you'll have to remind me of the woman's name that works for MGM in Las Vegas and manages all of Brett Sadler. Yes. Yes. I loved her podcast. And I mean, like I, I vividly remember putting on my mascara and I'm like, Ooh, I got to write that down. And I keep a, I keep a notepad and a pen in my bathrooms for those kind of little moments. And I may never meet her in person, but just like her experiences and then listening to the way that she works with her team, like helps me apply that back to my own leadership development. And I think you're right. Women are looking for opportunities to, to level up and grow and podcasts are a phenomenal way to get that content and information on demand. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, I'll be super honest. Women intimidate me on some levels. Like you see this professional photo, you see their title Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh my gosh, how did, you know, how did she do that? Like I, I still, even in my, with my great headshot and my title, like I still look at that and think, you know, I, I have that fear sort of bubble up. And then what, what podcasts have helped first being the host of one and meeting so many phenomenal people who are willing to help and, and share their tips and successes and failures, um, has helped me to get a little bit familiar, know that we're all, um, you know, after some of the th- same things and then know that women, like, it doesn't have to be a scary, uh, a scary thing to approach somebody else and ask for help. Um, we're, we're willing to, to lean on each other. And, um, I can't, I think it was Jess Kleinschmidt who's coming out, um, with an episode in a couple of weeks here. She's a reporter with, um, NBC news out of San Francisco and works with the A's and, um, she's phenomenal. And she's like, women scare me sometimes, you know, (laughs) they just, we can be intimidating because we're clawing our way to the top. Um, Absolutely. And, and you're right. The pod, podcast does allow us to get to know them on a more intimate level. It's, it's partly the reason that I said, hey, I, I want to be really honest right now. And I want to tell you like 2020 wasn't easy and I had setbacks because I think too often um, people think that everybody else has it figured out except for themselves. And where I thought you were going to go with when you were talking about that women can intimidate you at times and you see their great headshots is that when we really break it down, so many of these women that we admire are just like us, right? They're juggling family and career and personal pursuits just like we do. They get up and put their pants on just like we do. Um, I'm a really big believer in visualization and trying to manifest what it is that I want in my life. I know we're gonna talk about favorite quotes at some point, I will share this one. Uh, One of my favorite ones is what you think about, you bring about. I think Oprah may have said that, Um, but recently I, I did something. I printed off pictures of women that I admire And um, I just went to their Instagram accounts. They're all CEOs of major corporations. And I found photos of them where they look ordinary, right? Just like me. And 
putting them on my vision board and putting my photograph right up alongside theirs because I have a goal of taking my agency and Fierce Lab to that next level. And you can't see what you can't, or you can't be what you can't see. And so I want to envision myself right there with them. And they get dressed just like I do. You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com. Join our newsletter. Check out all the episodes of the podcast and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. You have an athletic mindset. You are tough and yet calm under pressure. You are a leader, a hard worker, and a believer in the process. Now is time to put it all together. Athletes Seek an Edge and the Win Again Academy will give you just that. Visit markmoyer.com slash winagain-academy. Register today for a virtual networking event in the club room. You won't believe the people you'll meet. Personally, it's the best virtual networking event platform I have ever used and most connected event I have attended. Visit markmoyer.com slash winagain-academy. Yes. I love that. I love that. And that's the other thread in these podcasts and in these conversations is creating one, a conversation, but two, like this normalcy, like Mm -hmm. we're all, as you stated so eloquently chasing the same goals, putting our pants on one leg at a time, you know, dealing with the same type of issues with friends, family, work, colleagues, otherwise. Um, But our common thread is pursuing those, those big goals. And, um, I've heard before, like you can't compare your middle or your beginning to somebody else's middle or end, mm-hmm. uh, because there's definitely going to be people who are farther along than you. And instead of feeling threatened or intimidated, learn from it, Right. O- open up your mind and, and wonder, be curious. How did they get there? Right. One of my favorite things to do is go on to people's LinkedIn profiles or sometimes their websites um, and read their bio. Look at their history from where did they go to college to what organizations do they volunteer for? What awards have they received? Because you can start to build a picture of how they did it and and what's important to them. and I'm insanely curious about women and how they do things and, and how they've gotten to where they are. And that's for me, a great way to say, okay, well, this CEO took these steps. She was involved in these organizations. I should probably at least investigate them for myself. Yeah. And this is a perfect segue to think about what's been the tipping point in your career so far, um, because 
if we're if we're looking at Tara Wilson with the Tara Wilson agency with these Fortune 500 clients and and a staff and um, a beautiful office and perfectly accessorized in front of me on the Zoom, you know, I'm looking at at your um, depending on my perception, your middle, your end, like wherever the, that listener is starting. So, what was that tipping point to get to where you are today? So for me, it's been this acknowledgement, two things. Good things take time. When I was in my 20s, I wanted everything that I now have in my 40s, but I just didn't know it was going to come, you know? And so being learning to be patient with myself and the process, and yes, Whitney Hurd founded Bumble and she's 31 and she's about to take Bumble public and she's 31. And I'm like, oh my goodness, have I missed my window? But the truth is 31 year old Tara couldn't do what 45 year old Tara is able to do. So being patient with myself has been one. And the second tipping point is recognizing that what I'm passionate about and what motivates me could is probably and is, I should say, my purpose and my calling and my intention. And I have always been passionate, as I've said, about women and their stories and how they've done things. Insanely curious about how you've achieved what you have achieved in your life and then helping other women get there. And so now that our agency has leaned into, hey, we're the agency that gets women. You, you want somebody that understands the millennial male and this, that, and the other. Well, sorry, we're not for you. Goes back to being able to say no, right? But really leaning into who you are and what you're passionate about and then building around that. Now, look, if I'm passionate, and I am passionate about chocolate chip cookies, eating them, <laughs> I don't see a clear path to building a business around that. So you have to be realistic, right? But I do see a clear path around building a business that is about elevating women and getting them the tools and resources that they need to step into their own. And for me, that was a tipping point when I realized that if I leaned into that and I gave, you know, I think it's Zig Ziglar that says, if you give enough people, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll eventually get what you want. I think when I realized that and really leaned into it, things changed for me and growth started to happen. It's so true. And when you were talking about your passion, your vision, and what motivates you, you were, you've been able to really niche that down. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about women. Mm -hmm. And so it, circling back to the beginning, it makes, it's making it a little bit easier to say no to when it doesn't qualify to your passion, mission, vision. Um, but then second, I've heard time and time again, the riches are in the niches. So if you can identify what you or your business are uniquely good at, that is where success comes. Yep. Absolutely. Simon Sinek talks about going 
or is it Seth Godin, uh, talks about going out on that limb. And there aren't a lot of people out on that limb, but they all want to be out there with you because that's the niche. That's where they want to be. And that's where you're meant to be. And that's where you'll have your greatest success. And so on your road to the success, there had to have been a hurdle. No, plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Where Um, do you want me to go with it? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love, I love it. Um, Share one. What can, what's one that you overcame that you learned from? Okay. Well, um, definitely first and foremost, it was about understanding my finances, which is probably why it is why Fierce Lab um, has a core component related to financial health and intelligence. Because look, I have a finance degree and I still wasn't good at understanding the dollars and cents behind my business. And Typically speaking, women don't talk about money. They don't talk about numbers. Um, They don't talk openly about what they make, how they manage their money, what their financial goals are. And for me, in in the early days of running a business, I didn't understand my numbers. Um, When I was leaving the professional world and my professional career, one of my clients said to me, well, cash is king. And I thought, Yeah, of course. I didn't understand that phrase and that meaning until I started running a business. And then you realize that cash flow is everything to a business. Um, And so what I had to do was I had to shore up that weakness. And it gets back to, again, recognizing that I'm not the smartest person in the room and asking for help. And so I sought out um, a team of fractional CFOs and advisors woman run. I felt very comfortable and I trust her and we've been working together for five years. And it's one of the greatest things I could have ever done for my business because now I understand my numbers. And when I don't, I have a team of professionals to help. So that was a big hurdle. (laughs) Yeah, that is, that's great advice and a perfect segue into the best piece of advice that you've got for women. Hmm. Oh, I have so many. Um, so <laughs> one of the mottos that we live by here at our agency is be the solution to the problem, not the problem itself. So I am a big believer in taking responsibility and accountability for yourself. And whether that's when you're receiving constructive criticism or whether that's you're trying to meet a deadline recognizing that you need to be the solution to the problem and not the problem itself. Um, That has served me well, and it has been a cornerstone for the reputation that our agency has built in being an agency partner with our clients. I love that. And there is, gosh, there's so many ways to to take that, but it's just, it's really at its core. I think everyone can look at that statement and think like, okay, how does that apply to me? Um, what is some constructive criticism I've received? Did I take it to heart? Was it true? Was it relevant? Is it something that needs to change in order to make me a better performer in the future? So, um, wonderful. Well, and you know, also kind of thinking a little bit more intently on that question, you know, 
there's a lot of conversation around imposter syndrome now. <laughs> it, it seems to be a buzzy conversation, right? But at the end of the day, imposter syndrome boils down to we feel insecure about ourselves. And what I tell a lot of young women who I mentor is that you don't have to have it all figured out. Or as they say, you don't have to be able to see the whole staircase, just take it one step at a time. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying about learning to be patient with myself. You just have to give yourself some grace and it's not easy, right? Um, especially if you're a goals-oriented woman, I'm, I'm the first to move the finish line always and never celebrate and not satisfied and you know, you could tell me 20 things that were great and you could tell me two things that weren't and I'm going to hyper-focus on the two things that weren't. But you've got to learn to give yourself that grace and recognize that you're going to get there. It's going to take time and it's okay if you don't have all the answers because no one else does. They're just maybe a little bit better at faking it to you. Yeah. And I think what you said there is about acknowledgement. Like if you know that you're not great at celebrating your wins or you hyper-focus on the things that you might not have done as well. Um, Tara, just having you share that and like share that vulnerability, that's going to really resonate mm -hmm. with people and think like, okay, I do that too. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. And sometimes just that recognition like gives us the space to say, oh yeah. And I did that one thing. Great. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I had that one huge success. Ooh, remember when I got that raise? Mm. Um, sometimes just giving yourself the space to accept who you are and how you're handling things I've found will alternately give you some more space to celebrate the things that you did well. Yes. And you know, just the other day. Okay. So I started a gratitude practice last August. Um, I read the book, The Secret. And one of the biggest takeaways I had from that was um, stating what you're grateful for to yourself. Some people write it down. What I do is when I go to bed at night, lay my head on the pillow, and I run through all the things in my day that I'm grateful for. Some big, some really, really small. Um, I've also made it a, a habit of stating out loud when something really good happens, just thank you, you know? And that stating it out loud has started to lead to, I now talk to myself out loud when I'm alone, <laughs> hopefully no one sees me, but I praise myself because sometimes it's lonely at the top or it's lonely, maybe you don't have a support system that you feel you need, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, great job today, Tara, on eating clean and um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm really proud of you that you got up and ran this morning. I know you didn't want to get out of bed, you know, but it's just like this conversation, this pat on the back. Um, and I think it, it allows me to start thinking about other things that I'm pleased with myself for, because as women, we're really hard on ourselves, are we not? Yes, we are. And I'm really happy you brought that up too, because I, um, I've started doing that and I'll give an example relevant to this with this podcast. I can 
overanalyze the conversation, the details, what was said, is it too long? Is it too short? Did I do this? Did I do that? And so what I've started to do, like just making this and putting it out into the world and sharing these voices deserves a big high five. And so when it goes out in the world, instead of literally I was losing sleep over this instead of being celebratory, I high five myself, like literally one hand into the other hand and say, Uh great job, Emily, you did it. And bringing Tara's voice out there or bringing Brett's voice out there, that does a lot. And if it makes a difference for one person, that is literally my bar, one person, Mm -hmm. it made all the difference in the world because you never know what can happen when one person is affected by something in a positive way. Well, I'm so glad you said that. And and I want to use your podcast platform to state something that I probably should state on my own podcast as well. I hope your listeners will send you emails, write reviews, leave comments, and share with you the impact that your podcast is having on them. Maybe maybe you get lots of fan mail um, and I hope you can get even more. But it's those small affirmations that let a podcaster know that we're on the right path, that we're saying the right thing. You know, there's a reason people utilize Instagram and, and Facebook with the thumbs up and the likes and the applauds and all that, because people need that affirmation and it go, it's the same with podcasts. So, you know, if, if Emily's podcast has impacted you in any kind of way, even if you've gotten a small nugget, please let her know that um, because it, it really does help us as we're building out further content. And it, you know, it just feels good to know that people appreciate you. I appreciate you. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Taryn. Thank you for saying that. And that's applicable across everything you do every day. Mm -hmm. You know, if you take in a fitness class, say thank you to your instructor before you left, you leave, you leave the room. If your colleague does a great job on a project, tell them good work. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it can't always be implied that you did a great job. And if we're going to progress as individuals or as companies, you need the good with the bad. Mm -hmm. And, um, we got to take a little bit more time to acknowledge and share what what we're pleased with and the good work people are, are doing because we put in a now, lot of time. I thought earlier when you were talking about that you sit and you replay the conversation and you think, oh, I should have said this and I should have said that. Um, I think you were referring to your podcast, but I'd love to hear from you. Oh, I'm turning it on you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm becoming the host and you're the guest, but I'm, this is something I'm trying to work on. And I wonder if other women go through this, like, I will have a conversation with someone and it didn't go exactly how I wanted it to go or thought it should. And I, I just will replay it in my head way too many times or even worse. I haven't had a conversation with you, but I think we're going to. And so I start working through all the scenarios and I start to get frustrated over something I think you're going to say, but I don't even know that you're going to say it. So do you have any tips for quieting that crazy voice inside our heads like that? Yeah, for me, um, I get that too. Same thing happens um, to me and it's a shift in, in the focus. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've got to pull it back 
because it's, it's literally been happening to me over the last week about this one specific project I've been working on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what went right? Rewind what went right. And okay, this, I did this well, and then this happened and that was really good. And then this was the next thing that happened and it progressed to this thing. And so if I can sort of rewind my brain and talk and talk to myself Mm -hmm. with more positive self-talk about the good work I've been doing or the great conversation that I did have and not worry so much about giving space in my brain for something that may or may not have happened because Mm -hmm. oftentimes I don't even know if it's true. Right. Is it true that they viewed that conversation the way I did? Mm -hmm. Do you think that they're still ruminating about it a week later? You know, Mm -hmm. come on, Emily, give yourself a break. So I've got it um, to your point earlier. it, It takes me to pull myself aside. I have to be in a quiet space or at my desk or give myself some room for reflection and give my mind the space to think back through it again um, with this alternate lens so I can move on because it's unbelievable what our minds can do and how much time and energy that can eat up thinking about something that may or may not be true or may or may not have happened even. It's, It's just crazy. Yeah. Okay. That's some really great tips because, um, it, it is something that I'd like to work on in 2021 because I can spin and ruminate on things that I don't, don't need to. So. You are not alone. Know that. <laughs> Thank you for affirming that I am not alone in this. I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Another great one that I could just speak to for hours, but want to wrap this up for our listeners who I'm sure are arriving at their destinations um, in their cars at this moment or finishing that workout. So can you tell us what is your favorite quote? You've laid a couple on us today, but do you have one to finish the show? Yes, I do. Um, And so every year I sit down and I work on kind of my goals um, and what I want the year to hold. And I start that process with this particular quote. Decide what you want to be, do and have. Think the thoughts of it, emit the frequency and your vision will become your life. Let that sit with you for a minute. I love it. I love it. Talk about a phenomenal interview, phenomenal person, someone who brings her visions to life. Tara Wilson, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Emily. This has been fun. I appreciate it so much. Let's get into the top four takeaways. If you are going to succeed in the long run, you must do it as a team. You can only go it alone for so long because going it alone will only take you so far. Ask for help, know your strengths, and as a leader, recognize the strengths of others. Number two, if you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. Level up your life by leveling up your peers. Number three, find success in saying no. There is power in saying no because it leaves you room to say yes to the projects that are really meant for you. How do you do that? Follow your gut. Well, how do I follow my gut? by giving yourself the space and time to listen to what's inside you and let your thoughts slow. A tip from Tara is to journal. She puts her journal, 
She pulls her journal out early in the morning and lets what is in her mind flow to her paper. There is clarity that will come in that process. Number four, Tara's best advice for women is twofold. First, things take time, so be patient with yourself and enjoy the process. And second, in that process, recognize your passion and motivation. What is your purpose, calling, and intention? Work to identify your niche. Woo, I hope you loved that episode and all that incredible advice. Just one last reminder to head over to leadershipisfemale.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You'll receive the Leadership is Female goal setting workbook to help you lay out all your goals for this year, this quarter, this week moving forward. This exercise will give you clarity on what you really want so that you can level up. Visit leadershipisfemale.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.